Welcome to the 81st edition of the Guna Podcast, recorded on the night before the first leg against Udinese. Thanks to our sponsors, Gunashirts.com. I'm your host, Kevin Witcher, and still with me are Jeremy Spencer, sorry, <laughs> Jeremy Wilson from uh, The Telegraph, Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust, and John Cross from The Mirror. Um, so first up, I'm going to ask you gentlemen about... Saturday's game at Newcastle. After the match, Arsene Wenger said, We try to play and sometimes we overreact. We have to take control of that. If we have an area to improve on, then that is it. We will learn from that today. My thoughts on this are, uh, hasn't this lack of self-control on the pitch been a problem with Wenger's team, going back to the early days of Vieira and Petit? Was it all a bit familiar to you, gentlemen? Well, I, I think back in the days of the MPT, I think they sort of we used to take along notebooks with uh, with the number of red cards under Arsene Wenger's reign, and they seemed to rack up on every single match, you know, because you'd be writing about page lead on the sort of the, the quotes based around whoever was sent off that night. But it was often and Patrick I, Vieira absolutely. reacting to provocation. Oh, absolutely, and I do think, you know, I think that, um, you know, we could talk we could talk about all, all night about Jovino and sort of the rights and wrongs, but I just feel that, he, he, you know, he, he was hard done by, because um, I do think it was a penalty, and then having fallen down and not been given a penalty, he was, he was in play and so was manhandled and... By Joe but that Barton, it should have been a penalty. So look, uh, extenuating circumstances there, but I think you have to you, you have to sort of then, hopefully, you know, even if things not gone against, you know, gone gone for you rather, I don't think you should be. I think you should show enough restraint, um, in the even in the heat of battle, not to slap a player an opponent in the face, um, albeit lightly. Unfortunately, that's going to cost you or could cost you a team three-game ban and deprive you of that. That's the ultimate, that's the penalty, isn't it? You know, you, your team's going to be weakened and that's why, you know, dis- better discipline has to be perhaps imposed. Well, the point is, Wenger's saying we're going to learn from it, but they haven't learned from it over the years. I mean, Alex Song was by far, far worse a miscreant on Saturday and he will get a ban mm. um, because, you know, he knew what he was doing. He wasn't... You know, he wasn't being held by the throat, which you could argue Jovino was just trying to get this guy off him. I don't know, but Song was was the same kind of discipline that Abu Dhabi was guilty of. You know, in February at St James's Park, mm. it seems to me that this issue has never really been addressed at, during any time. I have an instinct. I don't know what you guys think about this. That Alex Song won't be fined by Arsenal. That's not the kind of approach that Wenger would take although the dressing room is kept quite tight so who knows but I absolutely think he should be I think that would you know he, he, he needs telling by the club that behaviour like that has has cost three games games that will include Manchester United and Liverpool and it was 
you know, it was just stupidity. I've got a bit more sympathy for the Javinia one in the kind of, you know, you're dragged up off the floor, you're in the heat of a melee, you're showing your, your attitude and fight for the Arsenal in the first game. can much more live with that one. But the Alex Song one, fine if you take two yellows for trying to do two important tackles that yeah. break up the attack. And I, you know, I don't know if you agree, but I just think that that to me, that's, just, yeah. can take the wages off the player for being yeah. so stupid I mean, and that, not being available it, it, to play. Both. You know, unless they get Jovino reduced, which I think maybe they will, there's still three games. Exactly. You know, and they're both three games. And there's so, so I know that they're showing different levels of indiscipline. I wouldn't play Song for the games that he and can't perform for Arsenal. D, you know, DRB injured, Wilkes is currently injured, Fabregas is off, Nasri might be off. The timing of it could not be worse for, for what Alex Song said. And it was unbelievably mm. stupid. But I do sense on the wider point that you don't, you don't really feel like when you when we go and meet these managers at press conferences it's a bit like a, you, you knew at school which teachers you're a bit frightened of and which ones you weren't and you don't I don't sense that Arsene Wenger is a he's obviously a sort of inspirational person but not a disciplinarian type mm. of figure That that's the, the feeling I get I could be completely wrong and not being within the dressing room and you do feel that they do there's yeah. not that sort of fear factor, perhaps. Of no, I don't. I don't think Alex Song would have got a rollicking after the game, let alone a fine. I don't. I think it's come see, come sell. I don't. You know. Oh well. You know. And this is part it's, of the problem. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, because the players aren't indulged. Yeah. You know. I mean, on the level that Wenger isn't a disciplinarian, do you think he is a motivator? I think he is in his own way. I think he is. I don't think he's a. Doesn't strike me as a motivator in a sort of traditional. Going to shout at the players at half time and and perhaps not through fear. But I think he's quite a inspirational person. He has quite an aura. But maybe it's a sort of longer term effect he has on people, mm-hmm. rather than a here and now and at half time. Mm-hmm. But I do. I think that would be for a manager that's had his success over two decades I think it would be quite hard to say that he's not someone that doesn't motivate people because I think that's the the, the biggest strength any manager can have really I yeah. think that would be quite a harsh I, I agree I, I was talking to a former player today you know and sort of saying oh well Arsene Wenger wouldn't you know rather, rather perhaps when I was in fashion I have to say was you know sort of saying oh Arsene Wenger's touched on ban against Udinese and the image won't have that much effect with it you know sort of thing you know he's not a great sort of up and at him anyway is it and he was sort of saying, no, 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 actually, you're wrong. You know, he's sort of saying, you know, the players want that message from the manager. And they do draw strength from him, even though, as Jeremy rightly sort of says, he's not the kind of sabre-rattling classic sort of man-motivator sort of thing. But all the same, you, uh, as, he, as he rightly says, you can't have that sort of success without getting a very pertinent and direct message to the players that will make them motivation better. almost through respect rather than through fear but I've never heard a, a player come out who's played for the club or used to play for the club ever really really have a bad word to say about Wenger I know that in one respect you might say that's that's a bit worrying because they're you know it's too nice but I think that says quite a lot about mm. him and I think most of the players are with him and I think that's a, a form of motivation maybe it's a different type of motivation than you know, Alex Ferguson might have. Well, his methods are certainly uh, regarded as unconventional. And one uh, a popular belief is that uh, no defensive coaching occurs 
at Arsenal. Now, this can't be true, but I mean, have you heard anything in, in terms of this? Well, Arsenal's coaching setup is full of defenders. Arsene Wenger played in defence, Boro Vimovic played in defence, Pat Rice was one of Arsenal's greatest ever defenders, and Steve Bold is in there. So it's not true that there aren't defensive coaches in there. Whether they do much defensive coaching, though, is a, is a question that, again, these guys see the training ground much more than I do, so I let them pick it up. <laughs> it's certainly something you hear, but it's kind of, uh, I suppose it's something you hear from, you know, uh, not direct, it's an indirect thing, but you'd probably be the same as yourself, you hear that. And I remember after the game against Stoke last season, um, was it 2-0 or 2-1 or something like that, you lost the way to Stoke? 3-1. 3-1, is it? After the game, Wenger came in and he said, well, you know, the, the, that's the easiest thing in the world to cure set-piece goals, as if he'd just cured it. And you sort of think, well, that's been happening sort of for months or years and you know why don't you go and cure it if it's the easiest well, thing in the world he, he followed it up by saying that we, 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 were, we were great at defending if you don't count set pieces yeah, yeah. well sorry that is part of defending yeah, yeah. and that <laughs> must be yeah I, I don't know it's sort of anecdotal things that you hear from agents or you hear from so you don't without being at the training ground I can possibly I wouldn't know how much but mm. you, you certainly hear that a lot but yeah I think if you talk so to them for the famous old back four I think they sort of work endlessly hours upon hours you know sort of like with ridiculous routines but sort of even George Graham would be carrying around the ball you know sort of let alone it being on the floor and sort of pulling them this way and pulling them that way and sort of trying to get them into position in various different sort of uh, guises sort of thing and, and think Arsene Wenger just doesn't do that you know but will I think you, you concentrate on it a bit but I just don't think that you know you'll see that and I think that I think maybe that, that that's the you know that's the call for Steve Bowl perhaps to mm. sort of um, take a greater role but I don't think it, all that's going to happen you just mentioned them but you know, when I watch, I mean, two of the best readers of, of, of football in the, in the commentary studio, both Lee Dixon and Martin Keogh, you just think, wow, they, they, surely they've got something to add. Yeah. And, and they speak very highly of what Steve Bold does yeah. at Arsenal in a different area, but he's yeah. not allowed near the first team, is no, he? No, Lee Dixon did a really fascinating interview, I think, last week, in which he was sort of saying, you know, sort of Bold should be given that a chance. And, uh, yeah, it would be an interesting one. I do think they need to kind of work upon. I, I, it's, you know, I think sort of. I was at the press conference for the Udinese game, and sort of, you know, someone sort of said, "What are Udinese's strengths?" Do you remember? And he sort of said, "Who are their best players?" And he sort of, yeah, it's good facts. He didn't really, didn't really know, did he? I mean, I think I'm sure he's aware of their best three or four players, and maybe the sort of the pattern, you know, of play. But I do think there's always this thing in Arsene Wenger that makes him think, well, if we're at our game, if yeah. we're on top, we'll outplay the opposition. So I'm not going to worry too much about them. And I think that, you know, comes into defending set pieces as well. He's certainly been accused of tactical naivety in in big games in the past. Uh, so it's not a new idea for sure. Um, we reflected in earlier podcasts about uh, Arsenal's financial position and one of the things on the horizon which may come to the rescue against the sugar daddies is this idea of financial fair play that UEFA are introducing uh, over the next three seasons and it culminates in 2014 um, when hopefully we'll all have a level playing field. 
Do you believe that if this will actually come to Arsenal's rescue? Jeremy? I think if it actually happened, actually got implemented, and the principle that you have to break even and you have to spend what you generate was forcefully adhered to, then it would clearly come, clearly help Arsenal enormously. Um, whether that will actually happen or not, I'm a lot more doubtful about because when you actually look at the small print of UEFA's proposals, there seems to be a lot of loopholes, there seems to be a lot of um, giving clubs time to adjust to them, uh, a lot, uh, quite a lot of it's discretionary if they're moving in the right direction. And so you, when you look at that, you think you're very doubtful that it will happen quickly. And at, at best, I don't think it will have a big effect for sort of five, six years because because of the way it's structured, sort of in three, it, 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 the amount of loss that you're allowed scales down over a period of time. So I think there's a lot of room for clubs to to not meet the, the principle of breaking even, but still be okay. And I think the attitude that we've seen this summer of sort of Chelsea, Man City, sort of suggests really that the clubs don't take it terribly seriously at the moment. Um, but yeah, if, if, if it really did happen, it would clearly be fantastic for Arsenal because of the, the the clubs in England, they're the you know with Man United, they're the the two highest two highest revenues. So I mean, it should be it should be fantastic for Arsenal. But um, I, I think it's going to about well, no, I think it's actually <laughs> going to be even more frustrating, um, you know, for for clubs that play by the rules because I just think to to if you We've think about sponsorship it, absolutely, already, it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? I think I think it's going to open you know the door to perhaps people breaking more rules because there's more rules in place and they'll just ride roughshod over them. So I do think, I have to say, oh, I think it's a bit... If we look at what's all frustrated and made m many people furious today, Barcelona's behaviour over the last few weeks, it doesn't address Barcelona anyway. They individually sell their TV rights, so they have a hugely yeah. inflated amount of income. We have a, a structure where the TV rights are sold collectively and shared out, and that actually gives a much better league. That's why that's why Stoke can take a point off Chelsea on opening day. That's why Newcastle can take a point off Arsenal. That's why we have every match in the Premier League is worth watching. Yeah. Well, you know what you're going to get in so many of the Liga games because Barcelona and Real Madrid have nicked it all for themselves and then come and steal our talent uh, you know, as, as much as they I can. So it's a, it's a right philosophy. It's moving in the right direction. But I think it would be foolhardy for Arsenal to kind of sit back and say, this is going to rescue us, rather than get on the front foot and look at what they do to increase their own income. OK. Well, given these handicaps, do you believe that Arsene Wenger can build a title-winning team again at Arsenal, or has the game, in many different ways, moved on and left him behind? Well, I, I would have to say that I, you know, I, I still remain sort of... Um, a big fan and admirer of Arsene Wenger, and I think, I think in recent times I would have said no. But then, you know, sort of if you look back upon sort of near misses, you know, I do think there was an opportunity season just gone. And I think also in 2008, I think it was crazy that Arsenal didn't win the league. I think they, they won't have a better opportunity um, than the season just gone. I think that was wide open. I think if the centre half had been bought, and, and so that almost tells you. You know, he can defy logic again in the future, but I do worry now that I think Arsenal have, have reached this point with, with with losing perhaps 
you know, definitely Fabregas and, and other players that uh, who are they going to sort of bring in with? Is, is there a lowering of ambitions? And will those sort of low, that lowering of ambition and achievement ultimately mean that sort of, you know, Wenger's reign, which I think has been absolutely fantastic, it's sort of petering out to, you know, towards an end. Are we playing the end game now? I, I do slightly worry that perhaps that is that is the case. I think it would be terrible if he if he left on a low note. I think that would be really heartbreaking. Well, do you think there's any chance that Arsene Wenger could be dismissed during this coming season? I, I, I think there's a bit of a worry. I think if they have a real terrible start and go out of the Champions League, and it quickly becomes apparent that they're not going to be challenging. I think you know. I think one thing that you can't hide away from from is is, is fans' discontent, and I think you know as as that perhaps grows, only the pressure will grow. I'd like to think it won't happen, but I don't think in in previous seasons I think Arsene Wenger has been untouchable, and I don't think that's the case anymore. And I do, I do think like most other managers, Sir Alex Ferguson apart, I think he's he's got to get results. Trophies and, and significant improvements, you know, installed in this squad this season. I, I kind of sense a, I'd, and I sort of would, would defend Arsene Wenger, and I don't think Arsenal would get a better manager. And I think that I think he's been fantastic for them. And I think he's still actually, I think what he's done in the last five or six years is can be underestimated because of the obvious trophy thing, which I accept completely. But I think that sometimes skews the other achievements. But I do sense quite a dangerous atmosphere around the Emirates at the moment at the Emirates Cup um, you know just the, what we saw at Newcastle I know that's only the away fans and if that builds no manager is, is, is safe and I do sort of sense that there's a, a, an atmosphere that's very edgy and quite mm. dangerous and if the season doesn't start well then that could get very difficult and I, I think when you get that sort of atmosphere at any home ground it doesn't matter which the club, at, the, the club is it, it creates a pressure on the manager and, on, and it creates a pressure on the board as well and I hope that doesn't come to fruition and it probably won't but you can definitely you couldn't rule that out at the moment I don't think Well it was interesting that the Arsenal Sports Trust Q&A event in June or was it May uh, Ivan Gazidis um, asked who who the manager was accountable to said it was the supporters and that he his position would become untenable if he didn't have the supporters on his side. Um, I mean, Tim, do you think he was just saying what people wanted to hear, or do you think? I think he. I think he. He, he sort of quickly corrected himself <laughs> to point out that it was ultimately the board's decision, and probably, you know, in in an hour's Q and A, that was that he portrayed that in a way he didn't quite mean. I didn't think he meant, you know, if a few people shout at him, he gets dismissed. But I think he was also making the correct and logical point that supporters get unhappy when there isn't success. If there isn't success, it's probably because things aren't going right. And how do you correct that? It's by, it's by changing the manager. Um, I do think that, you know, it's a, it's a very fragile season, not least because, you know, Arsene Wenger's strength is is a developmental manager. It's bringing players in, nurturing them, building a team. He's had, if you like, the heart of what he was doing with that ripped out with Nasri and Fabregas. His approach, I'm sure, you know, his approach isn't built for quick, short-term signings to get over the line this year. And yet that's kind of what he needs. Mm. I don't think the Emirates crowd will give him three years to build towards something now. Mm. I think he has to show 
signs of improving. And, and quite a lot of people say to me that the big frustration is a sense that Arsenal haven't improved over five years. Now, you might say they had in the way they got to in four, four competitions in February or a couple of years when they came close. But if you look at things like the number of goals we've let in, it's actually gone up each of the last four years. Some of the things that are obviously wrong haven't improved. Um, and I, you know, I, I think it could be a, a really difficult year, but I'm convinced that Arsene Wenger would not be sacked this year, and I think that would be wrong. In the AST survey, where we asked our members, 42% were of the view that if he didn't win trophy or have a very successful season this year, because I think he can have a very successful season, like come runners-up in the Champions mm. League, but not actually win a trophy, then it would be time to review where he was. But I don't think, first of all, it's right to move your manager on mid-season, because I don't think you get the best range of who can come in and secondly I don't think Arsene Wenger deserves that after everything he's mm. done for Arsenal anyway and even if it's a difficult year mm. I think it should it should run through in a proper way he, you know he deserves more than that and it's also not in the interests of the club but my final point some people will say oh think about what you'll do without him equally I don't worry about that there was a time when there wasn't Arsene Wenger there was a time when there wasn't George Graham there was a time when there wasn't Percy May you know that you know Arsenal will go on if he, if he does go great quote on Friday didn't he say the cemeteries are full of irreplaceable people or something yeah. in, when he was asked whether he was re- so I mean he, I think he's a realist about it all um, but I do yeah. think I do think I think there's two levels. There's the sort of pragmatic, is it the right thing for him to be there? I would answer yes to that. Mm. And even if there was a question on that, I think that he's done enough that he, he deserves do, He deserves his chance oh, to, I, I agree in the that. next but, year or two. So have, have you noticed in the last couple of weeks comments from him, the first time I've ever seen it, comments getting quite tetchy about supporter challenge and also about you guys. You know, you're responsible mm. for telling the fans that you haven't won anything for six years as opposed to they can work that out themselves. But it's just where I'm heading to is I, I think he may himself decide enough is enough. Mm. He sense already that he, we've never really seen this before, but I don't think he's going to enjoy or respond well to being under siege. And no. I can see him perhaps deciding that t- time is up because he's not enjoying it anymore yeah. and he doesn't think it's right for the club. Not sure he, he'll manage well under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree with that. I do, I do think I, you know I still think he's you know su- such a such a great manager that Arsenal will miss him. But I don't think the defence of keeping on someone should ever be well who would do it better because I don't think you can you know you sort of that's not really I don't think um, you know a great argument for keeping someone. Someone in a job, I think you know, sort of, he's either the best man for the job or, or, or not, sort of thing. And I, I still, I still personally, passionately believe that Arsene Wenger at this moment in time is the best man for the job. But I do think that that the whole scenario will be a lot clearer. I think at the at the end of the season, simply because I think Arsene Wenger at the moment does seem touchy, as, as you say, Tim. You know, he does seem frustrating. He does seem a bit angry and annoyed with, with, with life and with things going on and I think he, he's either going to come through this season stronger or he's either going to I think perhaps tell him that, that maybe he should go out you know on still a relative high you know if he finishes the season perhaps not empty handed and I, th- I think he'd go out as an absolute sort of hero um, a, a, as Arsenal manager and I, I'm afraid to say I think if it petered out towards the end of his contract and you had another season of disappointment followed by another season of disappointment. 
in a way it almost tarnishes your, your image, your memory and, and your reputation as manager. And I think that would be a crying shame because I think he, he, I still believe that he's the best manager Arsenal have ever had and, and you know, can't imagine where on earth they're going to replace him. But I mean, I don't think you should worry about that at this time. And I do think we're kind of almost talking as if there's no hope this season, but mm. I do actually think that there are reasons to be hopeful this season. But do you think, because I think what, what does that mean? goalkeeper does that mean was a big league? problem. Yeah, I, do, I don't do think that's you? impossible. Goalkeeper was a big problem last year. That should be a lot better. Central defence was a big problem last year. I think if Koscielny, Vermaelen and Chesney stay fit, I think that area of the team will be a, a huge amount better than last season. Mm. I know that I'm using the word if quite a lot. If Van Persie stays fit, that's something that didn't really happen last season. So I do think there are reasons to think that the team could... I understand the Fabregas and Nasri leaves a huge hole in the team, but I do think there are reasons in other areas. I think Walcott is a player that, that, that could have a really big season. Yeah. Um, I do think there's reasons to think Ramsey is obvious, but I think there are reasons to think that a lot of some really good seasons. A lot of that is that winning it? Is it competing? You know, t- till the end, or is it just that fourth slot and qualifying? No, I think that it's competing with Man U, Chelsea, Man City. It's being with them and having a chance of winning the league. Mm. I'm not saying that if if Arsenal finish fourth, that's a disastrous season. Mm. But I think that a good season is still doing that, and I, I do still think that's possible. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I realise that the, you know, the obvious bet is Man U and Man City and Chelsea, maybe in that order. But I do think that there's reasons why Arsenal can yeah. can challenge where they didn't last year. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you say is the definition of a, of a successful season, because I still think that perhaps finishing fourth and winning the FA Cup, just for yeah. example. I still think that would be, be a good season. That would be a yeah. very good season uh, in those circumstances. Desperately need to get this millstone off their backs, don't they? Saying six years without a trophy, which is, which whichever way you look that at it, when the turn of the year, so be seven years, it? You know. That was so crushing last season. The curling cap yeah, was such absolutely. a great opportunity, wasn't it? But did, I did think he, he did seem like he went for the cups a bit more last season. Mm. Then, I think it which was, was a mistake in those five six years. I mean, remember that there was that when we played Chelsea in the semi-final of the FA Cup and our Chauvin had come in and been really mm. great and he didn't pick him did he? Yeah, because he wanted crazy. to save didn't want the players confidence to be knocked because he, our Chauvin wasn't available I mean that Champions was I thought that was yeah. extremely oh, misguided yeah. you know um, thing to do yeah absolutely I mean uh, we've, we've, uh, we're going to wrap up now but before we do I'm actually going to ask you gentlemen for a prediction on the position that Arsenal will finish uh, the season in the Premier League so uh, let's have your uh, colours nailed to the mast gentlemen I'll start with Jeremy uh, I'll go for fourth with the Tim it's really difficult because we don't actually know the squad we're talking about. True. I'd be optimistic on a couple of good signings and, and, and go for just making four. Okay, John? I've been racking with myself and, uh, and, and some, some occasions I keep on thinking it, I think it's going to be fourth and sometimes I think Liverpool are going to pit Arsenal for, for fourth. But I do think uh, you know, you might as well be positive and I think Arsenal will finish fourth. I do think they'll get a piece of silverware as well. Okay. All right, well, let's hope for an open-top uh, bus parade come next May. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to wrap up. Uh, once again, formalities, the email address, schoonerpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, goonershirts.com. A very brief plug for the current issue of the Gooner. 
which is on sale uh, at the Udinese, which will have happened by the time you hear this. So the Liverpool match this weekend. Um, it's issue 216, and it's full colour throughout. First issue of the season. Um, so your last chance to buy that one at Liverpool on Saturday. Uh, we will be back in a month's time with more. I'm afraid we'll be uh, back to the normal uh, rabble on the panel. So many thanks to uh, our special guest for this one, which has been very enlightening. And with that, I've been your host, Kevin Witcher. And it's time to say farewell and thanks for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee. All good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!